0: From KLIN Radio and the Lincoln Independent Business Association, this is the Lincoln Business Beat, a weekly summary of news affecting area business and a review of interesting topics and issues. Along with LIBA President and CEO Bun Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vale. Glad to have you with us. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. Learn more at GoCurrency.com. Well, but as we mentioned last week, we were able to schedule in advance and confirm uh, the newest Member of the Nebraska unicameral, and we're going to find out. I think we've talked about we got sausage. A lot to talk about. With we've talked about sausage making <laughs> that they do, and and it was pretty. Uh,
1: There's lots of sausage being made this year.
0: That's right. So, (laughs) uh, From District 25, Carolyn Boston, welcome to Lincoln Business Beat.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, Senator, thanks for coming in. We appreciate uh, you taking some time to talk about and join us on Lincoln Business Beat. Give our listeners an opportunity to get to know who you are. So uh, let's just start out so... Uh former Senator Suzanne Geist uh back in April resigned after the primary to focus on her uh her campaign. And so um pretty quickly there was a process where uh you became anointed or excuse me, appointed <laughs> the new state senator. But let's let's get to know you first. Like let's let's get everybody to know Senator Carolyn Bosan and like tell us You know a little bit about you and give us the old background
2: sure thank you Uh, so I am born and raised in Columbus Nebraska I moved to Lincoln in 2010 shortly after I graduated from law school at Creighton University I have now lived in Lincoln for the last 13 years Um, my husband and I have lived in the uh, the area we live in now for about 10 years um, which is district 25 so my husband is a owns a commercial heating and air business here in Lincoln. Um, it's a better family, give it a
1: shout out. That's yeah, the name of the business.
2: and Service Company. And also a LIBA member. Yeah,
1: absolutely a great member of LIBA.
2: There we go. So he uh purchased out his dad's shares of the company in two thousand and thirteen and then he purchased he bought out uh, the other partner this last January and so he's been running that business um for quite some time with a lot of experience. We uh, have four children and keep very busy with that. Um, what are their ages? So my daughter turned 11 last Friday and my son is eight. My next daughter is six and the last daughter is four. So it's a Oh my a busy gosh. House. Yeah. Goodness
1: gracious. You got lots of girls in that house.
2: Yeah. A lot of, lot of uh, <laughs> drama, shall we say, at times. I
1: understand. I have three girls aged uh, 11 to Twenty-two, so okay. just wait. It gets more and more fun the older they get. I
0: Yay. have two two daughters who are both married and uh, a granddaughter. So, oh, um, I, you know, congratulations. The, I fully understand the dynamics more yeah. than I want to admit. Some days.
1: So let's get into a little bit, kind of as we talk about your background a little bit. Uh, talk about your professional life. You went to Creighton Law School, and what did you do? What kind of professional things have you done in your career?
2: So, I went to law school, have worked in a couple of different county attorney offices here in the state of Nebraska. Um, I did have the opportunity to work in a victim witness office during undergrad um, at Baylor in Waco, Texas, and then worked for the Platt County Attorney's Office during one summer, uh, the Seward County Attorney's Office during another summer of law school, and then I took a job with the Saunders County Attorney's Office for a few months before I was hired on in the Lancaster County Attorney's Office. So I started in the Lancaster County Attorney's Office in January of 2010, and I worked there until September of 2017. Uh, During my time at the County Attorney's Office, I handled a number of different dockets. Uh, I started with the juvenile docket, which is juvenile law violations, truancies, uncontrollable youth, as well as abuse neglect cases, uh, working towards reunification with family members. Uh, Then I was assigned to the domestic assault docket. Uh, That could be anything ranging from domestic assaults to strangulations to terroristic threats um, to sexual assaults, things of that nature. So I was on that docket for a number of years and then transitioned to the narcotics docket Um, where I handled those cases for a couple of years before I resigned to stay home with my kids.
1: Excellent. Well, that's quite a background. So I would think that uh, some of that background would carry well into becoming a state senator. And so um, I thought we'd talk a little bit about, so you came in about two thirds of the way, roughly, through the session. And so You know, not only like Senator Ballard got appointed in January uh, when uh, Mike Hilders became the Attorney General, and so he was there kind of from the start, and so he was able to kind of get his feet under him. You just kind of got pushed off the deep the the high diving board into the deep end uh, going into the session. So, what was it like? You know, you got appointed. I think it was on a Thursday. Maybe a Friday and then set, I, it was a Thursday and then like Monday or Tuesday, like you're right in there, like right after Easter, wasn't it? Yes. Um So you jumped right in. So you got appointed. So kind of talk about what it was like coming in with a session, basically two thirds of the way done and trying to just like, I don't know, figure out where the paper clips and the copy are, let yeah. alone everything that was happening in the legislature.
2: Yeah, so this was um certainly an experience, uh a challenge at times, but listen, I I want to be clear that I I while it was a challenge, I recognized that it was a privilege. Um and I was very fortunate for the opportunity to represent uh District 25, to work with a number of new individuals that I previously hadn't known. Um so while it was at times overwhelming, um I was glad to do it. So uh, there were long days starting from day one, and uh, we had late nights. See, so
1: next year should be easy because when you slide into sessions, like the the half days, bill introduction, like it's going to be like, oh, this is easy, right? Easy peasy.
2: Well, so that and that was one of the things is I didn't have the benefit of the committee hearings, getting to hear the pros and the cons of a lot of these bills. And so, whereas a, almost all of the senators knew what was coming up, had had the opportunity to participate in those hearings. um, read sort of what was going on with them, read the bills. I was day by day. So um, every day I would read the calendar of what was coming up the next day, read the bills. Um, I was fortunate enough that Senator, former Senator Geist had left me her files, which was very helpful, and also her staff agreed to stay on and work with me through the session. So I used that to my advantage. I had conversations with them. Um, routinely about here's what's going on here's sort of where the constituents fell on these issues prior to my arrival Um, and so every day we sort of took it day by day (laughs) read the bills went through everything had conversations with my new colleagues to sort of see where everybody else was on those issues um, build those relationships and make those connections
1: excellent now with committee assignments uh you were you appointed cuz senator Geist was on the judiciary committee and the transportation committee i believe are those the same committees that you got assigned you just kind of took over those assignments on those committees
2: yes that's correct
1: excellent so so you come in and you know you've got all these bills and and i mean you probably learned a lot about process too because there's a lot to learn about process in the legislature this year When it comes to legislative or uh, filibusters, how many many times you get to speak and all that kind of stuff. So um, just how did you juggle all of that all at once, especially late nights and you have, okay, these are the bills coming up tomorrow. This is where I'm at today and all that. How did you kind of juggle to make that happen?
2: Well, so I used the filibuster to my advantage. I mean, that filled up a lot of the days where, so I could have those conversations with uh, my colleagues, I could read the bills and have the opportunity to sort of um, learn what was going on, what chances I had for speaking. Um, I did take the opportunity to speak on the mic on a couple of issues that I felt uh, informed enough that I could I could do that. And so... Um, but i I watched and learned it was honestly just a learning experience all around taking it all in um, and being grateful for the opportunity at the same time so
1: so what were some of the bills that uh, that that you participated in? like Tell us about some of those bills and You know, maybe some of your votes and things like that.
2: Sure. So um, I was, as I said, I was on the Judiciary Committee, and certainly with my background, uh, that was a good place for me to start. I have the background to understand and be able to read a lot of the statutes um, for those issues. So that was, this year we did have a large crime package um, that came through a lot of different bills, cleanup bills, and also um, new legislation that would uh, increase our problem-solving courts, Um, give a lot of opportunities for probation officers and better communication between probation officers law enforcement and the courts Um, and those are certainly areas where more information is always better and so I was able to participate in those conversations and um, support a lot of those issues ultimately I did not support the bill Um, as it came to the floor there was uh, some negotiating that was still taking place and one of the um, conditions or one of the the issues that was in the bill um, dealt with parole and parole eligibility and so um, I was concerned about that I was concerned that without sort of more uh, programming being available and being mandated and and offered to the inmates that it was essentially setting individuals up for failure. Uh, The other concern that I had was if you reduce those times and increase parole eligibility um, you're sending a message to the parole board we want people to be getting out quicker and you're not sending it to the inmates saying we want you to get out and be successful here's the programs that we really want you to participate in so I felt like some of those conversations needed to happen before we uh, increased parole eligibility. And so ultimately, um, because of that, I did not support the bill. That's not to say there's not a lot of really good things in the bill. Um, It did allow for more problem-solving courts, uh, which is certainly something I am familiar with, having worked in the county attorney's office and support um, as far as reforming criminal justice. So um, problem-solving courts essentially are diversion-type programs Um, Over time, we've been able to increase the different types of diversionary programs. So think veterans court, mental health diversion, um, drug courts, juvenile diversion programs, things like that. So what this bill did include was more of those opportunities for smaller communities and counties out in western Nebraska increased opportunities for the larger counties such as Lancaster County and Douglas County, Sarpy County, things like that. So um, those were certainly positives and I was really thankful that those were included.
1: Excellent. Well, you got to see about a third of the session or be a parter right in the eye of the hurricane I'll say so to speak. Yeah. Um, what what were some of your takeaways? Like, okay, so you're a new senator. You come in. You're two thirds. It's two thirds of the way through the session. You're you're there for roughly the last thirty ish days. Like, what are some of the takeaways? You know, as you move in and, and think about next session.
2: Yeah. So, uh, takeaways were it's a lot about relationships. The importance of building those relationships with colleagues, those that you think you're always going to agree with, and those you think you probably will never agree with. Um, that's that's not true you're going to agree with everybody on some things and nobody on others so I appreciated that opportunity Um, this summer I think it's important for me to get out to listen to my constituents um, to speak with the individuals in the area of town that I am now representing uh, to have those conversations Takeaways include, you know, things like how do I want to better communicate going forward? What things did I do that I thought I could do better? Um, what was some of the feedback that I got from my constituents via email and phone calls during the portion of time that I was there? As well as, um, you know, things that are coming up in, for the next session, good ideas for uh, proposals for next session.
1: Excellent. Well, that's a great lead in for us. We'll take our break. It's like she just knew exactly what we were going to do. But I think that's a great lead in. So when we come back from our break and, and we go into our next section uh, uh, portion, I'd like to just talk a little bit more about kind of what you're thinking for next session, what you're planning on doing over the summer uh, and all those kind of things. Maybe even talk about your plans uh, uh, for, the, for the election next year. So we'll, we'll, we'll do that when we come back. It's a
0: double deep dive on this edition of the Lincoln Business Beat with District 25 Senator Carolyn Bosson. Do you need to help finding reliable financing options for heavy machinery, trucks, or other equipment for your business? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the most competitive financing options for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, trailers, and other big-ticket items. And whether you're replacing old machines or expanding your fleet, Currency makes it easy to get financing. It's secure and free to use and gives you a single point of contact for the entire process. Visit GoCurrency.com, fill out an application. Currency will automatically find a lender offering the best rates and terms. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com and apply today. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC. Doing business is currency. Pursuant to CFL License 60-DBO-54873. Back in Lincoln Business Beat with District 25 State Senator Carolyn Vossin. Double deep dive on this edition of the Lincoln Business Beat. I was curious as uh, the newest member of the legislature, from a news perspective, we often hear about issues that are are out there before the legislature. And we hear about this urban and rural divide. What did you uh, find when you, you went in? Did you have any of those issues? Were there any of the discussions that seemed to fall into that? Or is that just kind of a myth?
2: I wouldn't say it's a myth. I would say uh, to some extent I probably am not familiar enough to know all of those um, dif- divide issues, but to the extent that I was there and I was familiar with, uh, specifically we've kind of talked about the problem solving courts and I can use that as an example. Um, in the urban counties, such as Lancaster County, Sarpy County, and Douglas County, the opportunities for problem-solving courts are significantly different than they are out in western Nebraska or any smaller counties. Um, so in western Nebraska, having multiple problem-solving courts uh, is, is a difficult task and having the staff to run them, having the different supervisors that are necessary presents a challenge. Um, that doesn't mean they don't want to have them and they don't aren't making efforts to facilitate those types of programs to avoid um, just jumping into, well, it, it must be punished with incarceration because a lot of times that isn't the best answer. Um, whereas here in Lancaster County, that's different um, and my experiences are, oh, we've got um, diversion, We've traditional diversion, we've got a mental health court, we have a veterans court, we have a DUI court, we have a drug court. So depending on sort of your background and what needs you may have to best address the problem, we have a lot of different options. And so that was one of the things that I was acutely aware of right away when we were talking that's that specific issue.
0: And your uh, background in the legal uh, area here must have been a big help as as you navigated that early.
2: I felt so yeah yeah.
1: Excellent so um, before we went to break we kind of you started to lead in kind of of like what your plans are for the summer so now you've got some time to maybe catch your breath a little bit allegedly (laughs) on paper we'll just say on paper with air quotes but like what are what are kind of some of the things you plan to do over the summer as a legislator in preparation for next year
2: so i think uh, for starters given that i am an appointed senator which does present some um, added challenges that it's going to be certainly um very important that I meet with the constituents, I meet with individuals and program directors from and around Lancaster Mm -hmm. County about different uh, issues that are concerning to District 25. So having the opportunity to speak with those people, to listen to those individuals and hear their concerns, uh, will probably direct a lot of the issues that I present or that I'm focused on um, coming up in the next session. Some of the things that I am aware that are needing some uh, further addressing sort of based on the criminal package that was passed, LB-50 is what it was called, um, addresses criminal reform and prison reform and the need for um, offering those types of programs while individuals are incarcerated, setting those individuals who are soon to be released up with Um, positive role models, services, employment, driver's licenses, places to live, holding them accountable so that they are successful when they are released from incarceration and in order to reduce recidivism rates. And so um, prison reform is certainly going to be something that I am going to meet with a lot of individuals about over the summer um, and continue trying to to modify in a positive way, so um, you're talking ex-
1: about kind of the programming side of that uh, LB50 that you were talking about the crime package, so to speak. So, your your what your goal is to maybe try to f- get some input on what can we do programming wise. Maybe there's something that can come out next year to modify or amend what was what was done this year. Is that
2: sure? Yep, yeah, that's yeah, a excellent. good characterization. Um, so, to that end, I met with uh, individuals. Um, on Monday at the Nebraska State Penitentiary, I was invited to a um, symposium there and had the opportunity to hear from that group of individuals, hear what their concerns were, um, sort of take to heart what they were saying is would be beneficial for them before they are released or for other individuals who are um, going to be released soon. Uh, And so that presented an opportunity for me to meet with individuals I would never have otherwise heard from without this um, appointment. So that was positive. I'm going to continue having those types of conversations with multiple groups over the summer.
1: Excellent. So you said you're going to get out and meet the constituents in District 25, Um, you know, get out, hear from them, hear what the issues are that they care about at the legislature, those sorts of things. So does that give us a little bit of a hint that there might be uh, a Bosin on the ballot next year? <laughs> um,
2: yes, that's that's hopefully the plan. That's so, the yes. intention. Good. Yes.
1: Excellent. So, um, y- is there any like so the transportation and telecommunications committee? Like, there's a lot. Like, there's a lot of pepperoni on that pizza, um, just because they're not just dealing with roads Correct. i mean there's so much more that comes into that there's all the stuff related to funds with the usf and cell phones and broadband and those kind of things and now that you have you know um district 25 has kind of shifted from what senator geist had she had you know all the way up into waverly in the eastern part of the county and now senator ballard's got the waverly area senator clements has that eastern edge of the county and you now go down into bennett um where which is one of those areas with broadband. So I'm sure you're probably learning a lot about broadband and other things like what are some of the things you're hearing from some of your fellow committee members that you you know are issues that you're like, "Oh, I maybe didn't realize that was going to be coming down my lane."
2: Yeah, so as familiar as I was with one of my committees, I am as unfamiliar with the issues <laughs> dealing with the other committee. So I um I have had to lean on my committee members for a lot of information as it relates to the transportation committee. I think uh, there's a lot of policy changes, and that's a really rapidly evolving um, area, for, especially for Nebraska and also for Western Nebraska. So we talked about issues that are different in urban areas versus mm-hmm. rural areas. Let me tell you, broadband is definitely one of them so i um the legal counsel for the transportation committee uh mike hibble has awesome
1: been, awesome dude i've known mike for years i love that guy he is so great. glad to see him back in the building
2: me too so uh he agreed to sit down with me over the summer sort of give me a crash course explain to me sort of where we are where we've been where we're going um and help me to better understand those issues i really look forward to that opportunity and also sort of to go through some of the issues that were in hearing that maybe didn't make it out of committee last session so that I'm better prepared to tackle those issues this upcoming session.
1: Awesome. Well, and Mike Hibble is a great resource because, I mean, if you don't know Mike's background, Mark, I don't know if you're familiar with Mike, but Mike served as the executive director of the Public Service Commission, which deals with a lot of the things that you're going to see in the Transportation telecommunications system. Then he served as chief of staff for U.S. Senator Deb Fisher. He was her legal counsel, I think, on the transportation committee when she was in the legislature. And then he was her chief of staff in D.C. And Senator Fisher has always been a a huge proponent of transportation, roads, infrastructure, all those kind of things. So Mike is a wealth of knowledge. That's a. That's a huge bonus for you. It uh, is. (laughs) uh, Coming into that. So um, what are the things, I mean, as we kind of wrap up here on the business beat, what other kind of things do you want uh, our our listeners to know about you or about kind of what your philosophy is going to be moving into the next session and hopefully beyond that?
2: Yeah. So I think um, as far as what I've learned this session uh, is that this is an opportunity to grow and to learn. Um, You got, you got to listen to what individuals are telling you. I've enjoyed having the meetings with uh, people who've set up meetings or sent me emails that have been really thoughtful emails that maybe I wouldn't have considered that perspective. So I think this is truly an opportunity for me to grow and to learn. Um, It's public service in a very different way than what I'm accustomed to, and I'm grateful for that opportunity, uh, and I look forward to facing the challenges that may be coming. Um, but with a positive attitude and definitely a little more time to adjust.
1: (laughs) Well, and I would think, um, and maybe this is a wrong characterization, but I'm going to take a swing at it see if I make contact or not. I think in your former life as a prosecutor, there's a lot of black and white, right? Like you broke the law, here's the penalty. I mean, there's, there's some black and white there, and I think as a legislator, I think you're seeing a lot more shades of gray. (laughs) It's very gray, yeah. It's a
2: lot of different colors of gray. (laughs) Yeah,
1: very much so. Well, again, thank you, uh, Senator Carolyn Bosin, for joining us here on the Lincoln Business Beat. Uh, Appreciate you uh, taking the time to help our listeners get to know you. Um, Also, we hope, I'm gonna share this with your staff, so hopefully they can share it with the constituents. Um, As we move into next session, we may reach out to you and some of the other senators, talk about legislation coming up, and, and good luck to you as you navigate through the summer and figure all those kind of things out, and uh, we'll we'll keep in touch, and and hopefully get you back in here either next like toward the end of the fall, or maybe at the beginning of next session. Talk a little bit more about you'll have your feet under you. Be like these days are a breeze now. It's just old hat to you. So uh, we appreciate that. And Mark, as we wrap up, I just want to remind our listeners. Um, Tuesday, June 20th is our LIBA luncheon at the Grand Mance from 1130 to 1. We're going to have Matt Davison from the 1890 initiative is going to come and talk to us about how small business can get involved with the name, image, and likeness uh, shenanigans, I'll call them a little bit, or (laughs) something that's going on with college athletics. So hopefully a good way for our small business owners to learn how they can get involved. Uh, An
0: excellent educational opportunity for LIBA members, and that, of course... Uh, at the Grand Mans, eleven thirty to one on the twentieth. You can get tickets if you're a Leba member at Leba.org. Uh, and if you can't make it but want to see it,
1: Facebook Live. We put the we do live on Facebook, and that video stays on our Facebook page. So uh, you can go back and watch it if you didn't, if you weren't able to attend and catch it.
0: And of course, we ask you to share this edition of the Lincoln Business Beat with your colleagues and friends. And if you've got a topic you'd like us to discuss, the email is bud at liba.org is that right Yep,
1: yeah, bud at liba.org yeah, bud at o r g.
0: this has been the lincoln business beat from the lincoln independent business association and klin radio reviewing and updating business owners and community members about what's happening in the business community in and around lincoln along with liba president and ceo bud seinhorst i'm mark vail lincoln business beat is made possible by currency learn more at gocurrency.com